using that as the intro. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay. That's cute. <laughs> That's cute. How's it going, people? How are we doing today? I'm a frozen popsicle. How are you? Bruh! You guys, okay. So we're recording this on Tuesday. It comes out Thursday. Tuesday the 20th, 420, bro, sick. No. Uh, <laughs> and Sass and I both woke up to snow. Flurries, yep. Mm-hmm. Literal we're about to snow. Be Elsa, let it go up in here because where <laughs> where did this come from? I know, it, it'll all change very quickly. Yeah, exactly. Again, we're always giving you guys a little bit of weather update and then we follow it up with a nice little couple of catches catch up segment. And last week where Avery ended up ranking California MOB teams, giving you the the one through five there. We had those halos, dods, and pods. And then I talked to you about three great things that happened in sports last week and what kind of made us chuckle, smile, feel good. You know, we love to hit you with the feel good stories. So that was last week. Go listen to it if you haven't. (laughs) Side note, bringing back one of our other episodes um the mariners are so good right now <laughs> like why the, the reds are phenomenal right now they're and they're in power rankings for last week yeah dude. power rank. i saved i saved like the screenshot i, I think it was like that graphic oh, i got it right here mlb.com it's got the reds at four right behind the red Sox. then yep. we got the twins at this in six Mm-hmm. and then the white mm-hmm. Sox obviously t- top 10 but what yeah <laughs> the I'm reds okay. and twins ranked and then pretty soon the mariners are gonna get ranked it's flipping crazy and like we still have the padres at, at two but like we were missing the angels and the brewers are up yeah. there which is good like i agree with so it was a very it was a yeah. good power ranking we like that we love good. i don't know about i don't know about the mets being <laughs> at number eight yeah we don't need to talk about the mets we'll just pass if we <laughs> i mean I don't know if Seattle's shebang will last long, will be extended, but like we could flip flop Seattle in there and I think it would be fine. <laughs> Probably nobody would notice. So, yeah. Speaking of uh, some crazy things happening in Major League Baseball, Sean Kazmar Jr., he returned to the MLB. It's a feel good story. He made his first appearance at a major league, at the major league level after 12 years in the minors. Woof. <laughs> 12 wow. years. <laughs> the last time he was up in the bigs was with the Padres in 2008. He's been floating around with several teams. Basically, he's been staying in AAA since then. And to be honest, like 12 years in the minors, like if that doesn't scream some serious determination, some belief in yourself, then I literally do not know what does that. To me, that's completely unreal. Dedication to the game, so sh- brother. Shout out to him. <laughs> yeah. Then, as everybody knows, Jake Paul gets a KO in the first round of his third pro fight. Oh, I mean, this guy, he's he's kind of for real. But I was listening to Barstool this morning. They were talking about, like, actual boxer boxing pro. And I'm like, I don't know that much about the boxing world and the fighting world. It's not my scene. Mm-hmm. But if you watch that, that's, that was... it's intense because I feel like obviously like you just said we don't pay attention to the sport close enough and so anytime we're talking about physical fighting like we're just like oh he threw a punch but like it could be completely just like crap and we wouldn't know (laughs) yeah exactly yeah but here's the real kicker for a second 
I don't know if you know mm-hmm. how much money these guys make at the fights. I know I talked about oh, it a little bit um, in a previous episode. Yeah, Jake Paul, yeah. he he got six hundred and ninety thousand dollars for fighting, just for fighting. Yeah, and then you get on top of that pay per view percentage from like the people yep. who paid for the fight, right, to watch it and stream it. And the win he bonuses. Gets, correct. He gets literally a percentage of those uh, pay per view. <sighs> um revenue stream and then he also like you just said million dollar knockout bonus speaking of fighting sass speaking of fighting oh i'm about to fight somebody now about this bro this grinds my gear so hard the castiano suspension is upheld and he served his suspension this week he's serving it as we record but are you are you kidding me yeah i'm about to throw some hands i freaking quit bro yeah we're done it's It's, ridiculous it's just sad obviously we already talked about it so it's just the verdict at this point and it's ridiculous so moving it is what it is (laughs) well you know what we had you and i at least we had a big extended weekend yes we did very big extended weekend (laughs) um because of a lot of snow speaking about snow now you know boston they had some snow so it kind of jacked up our weekend series a little bit oh and, and i have avery to... avery who did um boston play this weekend oh they played the white socks <laughs> it was the battle of avery j versus k sass this weekend y'all it was amazing it was so good it was i mean i have to i have to make a disclaimer to all that we are very good friends as you guys know we're very we're very passionate about our team so who knows how this will go but I think we definitely respect each other enough to, I guess, agree to disagree. We might, I think we're going to agree on a little bit more than expected. And we're actually able to see an unbiased, I guess, point of view for some of this because Hello, we talked about I it. said the white, the Red Sox were going to be good this season. I was already <sighs> all for it too. So I'm ready. Gassed up, man. Let's That's go. why the power rankings I think are spot on right now. Anyways, this match matchup is highly anticipated. It's the Battle of the Sox. And this past weekend was actually the coveted holiday weekend for people in New England. Patriots Day was actually on Monday. Yep. But it's essentially like a Patriots Day weekend because on a normal year, it's the Boston Marathon. Everybody's off work Monday. You spend it either at the race or outside. I mean, you and I, you and I would be at the ballpark. I already know that. There's no oh, question. Hundred percent. Yeah. With your with your hot dog that you're obsessed with. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, I know. I'm She's gross. an addict. <laughs> uh, something cool, Sass. The Red Sox. They've played a home day game at Fenway every year on Patriots Day since 1959. Dang, that's a good streak. Yeah. So yeah, New Englanders take it pretty seriously. Bruh, side note though, did you see the City Connect jerseys that the Red Sox were wearing? Yes. What, what is your what is your opinion on that? Because I have a strong opinion. Trash. I freaking love them. No. And trash. the reason the reason I love it because it means nothing to you. The reason I love it is because those are Boston Marathon colors, so they're like well, really important to us. And looks right. like Bruin. It's nice to switch it up. I I love all the City Connect stuff they've been doing. Yeah. And, and I agree that they're show-stopping jerseys for oh, sure. Yeah. They, they are definitely a new perspective as far as Boston. Obviously, they're not traditional right. Boston colors. So if you saw that team out on the field and you knew nothing about baseball, you would never guess it's the Boston Red Sox yeah. out there. But, you know, same thing. I think with the, with the deeper meaning, yes, they are cool in that sense. Um, for, for baseball, I was just not right. a fan. I don't love the design. I don't love yeah. that representation. I wish they would have put them. like a very light boston skyline behind 
the Boston part. Sure, yeah. sure. Or to me, I really think they should have stuck with the blue, like the powder blue, and then like throw the red that in there. Kind of like sick. Cardinals. Like I, I yeah. love the Cardinals yeah. jerseys when they mix that powder blue yeah. with the red. It's cute. I get that. Good yeah. point. So I think we need to go ahead and break down the series. I'll cover uh, Red Sox win, and then you'll hit us with the White Sox stuff, Sass. Bet. Yeah. Bet. Yeah, I'm let's just do game by game, bro. Game by game by I'm game. Gen let's do it. <laughs> okay, game one, game numero uno. I have to really start by nodding my cap to you and your sass because I was really nervous coming off into the series and yeah. just coming off the Lynn shutout and the Rodon, uh, the no no, the near perfect game. But yeah. on the other hand, the Sox were on, in a pretty beautiful win streak leading the AL East and all of the AL mm-hmm. and the wind column. So yeah. it was nice. Yeah. They were definitely hot coming into the series. And I don't think that they necessarily had anything to worry about. I think it was just going to be a really good matchup in the beginning. I yes. was just excited to see that same level of competition with the white Sox being able to actually compete now. Correct. Two hot teams. It was, it was bound to be a good series. So game one, we had Pavetta versus Cease. I mean, I don't know about you, Sass, but with this one, I thought that the matchup itself felt really uh, particularly even between Pavetta and Cease. I think they're kind of around the same level. Um, Neither one really took charge and looked exceptional, but both offenses, they felt very even keeled, I say. It was very, felt very calm. I don't know why right away. Felt like I was... uh, forcing those first few innings down my throat. I just wanted like somebody to break wide open because both teams have the ability to, you know, do that. Yeah, they do. So game was tied two two after five. And then thinking the Red Sox were going to bust it, you know, they scored in the bottom of the six, but the White Sox answered with the run in that seventh. Mm-hmm. And Sass, we go into the eighth tide and that's when it starts getting exciting in any baseball game, because you're like itching for, like a walk-off of some kind. You yeah, know? you like want the drama. Like, you want the big plays. Yeah. Yes, like all, the, all the tea, all the shades coming right there. Yeah. Thankfully, in the eighth, Ottavino came in. He gave his best performance as a member of the Red Sox so far. And this is where you start to feel that energy shift. And I feel like when that kind of happened, it was, it was a little bit scary for the White Sox. Ottavino, he struck out three, you know, three mm-hmm. up, three down. Yep. Almost right away. White Sox Hoyer had Marwin Gonzalez in the box who hadn't been hot at all, but he tosses him a kind of a soft sinker and Marwin just takes it for a ride dead center, just putting him up four, three and invited the rest of the Red Sox offense to kind of come in and do something, even though it didn't feel like, I think you'd probably agree any crazy offensive performance by either side until the eighth. Right. You know, it it was just kind of, but, there was uh, no can, real explosion until right the eighth inning where they right. decided to, I think, wake up a little bit. Yeah, and even then, it didn't feel like anything massive to me. The dinger, obviously, people get hyped. But Kike Hernandez, he went four for five with two runs, scored, and an RBI. Xander Bogarts also went four for five with the two-run double in the end of the important eighth, which solidified that 7-4 win for the Red Sox. Yeah, and again, I don't think – they weren't really neck and neck the entire game to where right. it was like a nail biter. I feel like that, that last explosion um, that, you know, the Red Sox were able to pull off at the very end there that definitely, like you said, solidified the win and just kind mm-hmm. of took that initial leg up. 
on the right. series. And right. it was game one, which technically would have been game two because the first game ended up getting yeah. rained out. So they played that doubleheader on Sunday. But um, right. So, yeah, I think it was just a weird start in general. But yeah, game one goes to red. Sunday, they ended up playing the doubleheader. There was a little bit of foreshadowing here. So the first game started, a mm-hmm. little bit of foreshadowing and um, all the ex- success that was to come all day. Tim Anderson starts out in homers on the very first pitch of the, of the game by Tanner Hawk. That was badass. That was so badass. It was in like, I can't even Here we go. <laughs> get the game up on my TV before I get the notification that TA7 hits off that very first home run. Yeah. And like the fact that it's yeah. the very first pitch, like this is the reason why we've been missing TA7 for so long, I think, um, with I him being gone for that for that 10-day IL injury. And he just puts that electricity back into the game. And obviously they were hot without him for a little bit, but he just kind of helps make it a well-rounded team there. So hits that Hell home of a lead off hitter. Gets it start. Yeah, he's so reliable, so amazing. Um, you know, then it goes three up, three down for red with Keiko mm. at the mound to start for the White Sox. So um red, you guys started to look a little rusty to start with, you know, one error on the field, but right. then you'd clean it up right away with, you know, an ending ending double play. Um Devers turned one to Dahlback. Yep. It's great. Uh, White Sox had three out of four batters ground out in the first half of the third inning, though. So again, it was like this teeter-totter back yeah. and forth, like kind of shift of power. Right. Um, you know, and then it wasn't even until the fourth inning that Red started to warm up um, the bats and make the field work those outs. Right. Renfro comes in with RBI that gave Red their first run of the game. Then, of course... But he gets picked off attempting yeah. to steal second base, which yeah. <laughs> yeah. by the way, side note, we have to we have to address the whole Rizzo mic'd up incident where he tries to pick off Freddie Freeman <laughs> running. And so he, <laughs> he literally screams, Frederick! <laughs> running after him. <laughs> it was so cute. That's so good. Oh, little A Rizzo action there. All right, get back to get back to these guys. <laughs> there was a second double play of the game, but it was the first for the White Sox where they rounded out the fifth inning. Right. Um, you know, again, all of these little highlights, just pulling out some of the key elements that we feel like really contribute to each team's win or loss right. for that game. Yeah. Um, Enrique Hernandez coming Peaks. coming in and homering in the sixth to give Red their second run, yep. which then called for Keiko being replaced with Aaron Bummer. Yeah, that so, was a little premature, I felt like. It was, however, um, the guys that are really hot right now, it it seems to be a a cycle where we're keeping our starters in for like four Mm -hmm. to six innings. And I really, with how injury prone the White Sox are, um, I prefer to kind of keep them in a healthy pace for now. So, and that's what we're We'll talk about Kopech in the second game here coming up yeah. um, in a second, but that, what, that was just a smart move, I think, for them. Right. So replaced with Aaron Bummer. Um, and then talking more about pitching, Phillips Valdez for the red. Pitching Beast. was three up, three down. Liam Beast. Hendricks ended the bottom of the seventh as well, for, as well as the first game um, with a Bobby strikeout. Oh, I love Big Daddy Bobby Dahlbeck. You do love some Bobby. Son of we, a we gun. Know that. We do know how much you love Mr. Bobby. <laughs> So, so that was another game. It was just kind of weird. It just, I, yes. and I know it obviously looks biased because of this is a, uh, a split double header, but I hate seven inning games. I hate them. They're, I hate them. I hate them. I yes. hate them. I hate them. I hate them. We are grown men playing this game. 
They are. We. Yeah, okay. We, we are not grown men in case you don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to say the Red Sox, we. Um, yeah. It's grown men. Let them play nine. This is the game. Stop making it soft. But yeah. anyways, and continue. I mean, Do fact, your thing. <laughs> the fact that that's just one of the many rules, obviously, we didn't very much care for coming out of the 2020 yeah. COVID right. season. So, right. Oh, well. So, White Sox take game one of the doubleheader, three to two. Moving on to game three of the series, game mm-hmm. two of the day. Um, it was a be- beautiful day for a Copic start, ladies and gentlemen. You know how yep. much I stand for this man. You know how much I have been waiting to see him start <laughs> in a major league game again. If only everybody saw our text from that day. They are not to be seen or heard by public, but. They no. were worth, let me tell you, they were great. <laughs> I have a feeling if I ever, ever meet Michael Kopech in person, there'll be a restraining, restraining order. In You'll kiss him on the mouth. Square uh, on the mouth. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> so funny thing is Kopech didn't even know that he was starting for game two. He had no clue until actually right before the first game started. So um, it was going to be his first major league start since 2018, because obviously he opted out for 2020 and then mm-hmm. um, he didn't even do anything in 2019 so there's that he ended up uh going three plus innings pitched which he actually i think threw uh two batters in the fourth so that's why um one hit one run four strikeouts for a total of 41 pitches on sunday which is where i was talking about the smart um Mm -hmm. cycle of keeping our really good guys healthy keeping them good getting them in there obviously showing what they can do, showing their stuff and then getting them out. Cause obviously that's why yeah. we have a fully functioning bullpen and it's yes, really you have good a fantastic right bullpen. I it's mean, amazing. They, and it was smart. Kopech needed to do that. Obviously, like you said, you know, first start since 18, yeah. all this, you know, opting out and then injury and for so long he didn't. So they needed to ease him in because his arm will fall off his body. If <laughs> I would not appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. Not a so, cute look. <laughs> exactly. And so just again, some more, some more electricity coming from the white Sox side of things. White came out strong with one run in the first inning against Martin Perez pitching, which side note, Perez threw 58 pitches with 41 strikes. I don't know Beautiful. if anybody catches that stat very often, Beautiful. but 41 strikes, like that's amazing. So yeah, he obviously did good. really well, um, even though they kept caught the L. But right. Red's defense, eesh, Avery, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this game, just because I want to get it over with, because I have mm-hmm. a feeling you probably feel very strongly about this as well. Red's defense started to look a little weak with wild pitches, hit by pitches, pickoff errors that advance our guy to second base and just almost colliding um, Mm -hmm. in the outfield, attempting to catch um, a basic pop-up. So I just, it started to look very high school baseball in it. It was making me laugh, obviously, because I was loving it. I can only imagine the steam coming out of your ears watching these like elementary mistakes. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. And this goes into, I guess, why I don't like doubleheader, seven-inning doubleheaders. Um, I feel like you're basically playing the same game and you're continuing game two. So I'm I'm always surprised if there is a doubleheader situation and it's a split doubleheader. I feel like whoever leaves the momentum on the field for the first game of that doubleheader is probably going to take it through. Um, I I didn't like the end of that. I didn't, it, it looked very weak, like you Agreed. said. Um, yeah, but if I, you have a bad game, all you want to do is go home, take a shower, shake it off, and play the next yeah. day. Like, 
if you lose already one you're like oh crap what are we gonna do pull this you got 30 minutes to get your life together it's like yeah it's ridiculous i mean in nine i don't know if you probably won't agree you won't like here but in nine if these were nine inning games um the red sox in 80 percent of the time is a come from behind team um a team that loves walk-offs you see a lot a lot of scoring in the eighth and ninth inning for the red sox so no i agree you know whether you like it or not that that happens a lot obviously the white sox come out very strong in the beginning and then they they don't necessarily catch up in the end so they they start with good momentum and hopefully that's just what is enough to to give them the w sometimes so um, you're, you're hundred percent correct. If they would have kept yeah. playing, I'm sure Red Sox would have came out with a couple more homers or something. Walk-offs, like you said, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very difficult of them. So game four, we're going to go into the last game of the series game four, man. It was, uh, <laughs> we were texting about this. That's the best sound for it. Hashtag embarrassing. Yeah, dude. It was obviously the decider between if the White Sox were going to win the series or if it was going to be a split series. Um, The Red Sox are coming into game four with 11 of 16 games as day games, which is almost unheard of. It's insane. And there was was an interview they're talking to Alex Cora, and he told him just grind it out for one more day. And then we get the night game tonight on this Tuesday as we're recording with Mm -hmm. Toronto. So Mm -hmm. that's huge. um... Just needed to grind it out. (laughs) 11 a.m. Eastern time, 10 a.m. for our Midwest boys. Bruh. That's early for them. That That's is early either way. Early for anybody. Yeah. And I was actually excited. I thought maybe they would come off, you know, the sweep doubleheader, um, that last game where they won 5-1. I, right. I just thought that maybe they would come in with a lot of energy, ready to go, get all pumped, because they're about they're they're a big swagger team. Obviously, right. we know Correct. that they're trying to market TA7 as like the face of the team so right I just thought it was going to be better than this and it wasn't I mean unfortunately for you guys the ace which you know I am all for I love him (laughs) I gave Mm -hmm. him a super high ranking he -hmm. completely shit the bed it was not Lucas Giolito's day at all top of the first for Nathan Evaldi made me a little nervous giving up a run and side note no matter what Tim Anderson does he's a freak so yeah Tim Anderson is never scared to just go off on the first pitch. He, he, he'll do, he'll do it. He's literally did it just basically back to back. Yeah. But the Red Sox followed up with what felt like an hour long first inning. I mean, (laughs) just your face right now is killing me. Just eating up Giolito fastballs down the middle. First batter, Kike Hernandez hits a bomb off the top of the green monster, which is a, a beautiful sight to see anybody hit bomb over the monster he hits it off the top of the monster which originally was thought to have hit just below the padding and a single but after the replay it hit above the line for the leadoff dong kind of like flip-flopping what happened mm-hmm. the day before yeah giolito he just he didn't recover after that he didn't he showed showed no life after that exactly and i think that's what really defeats you um is Oh yeah. Staying in the game, trying your best. But the problem is, is it wasn't bad pitching. It wasn't bad pitch calling at all on the receiving end of behind the plate. It was the fact that they were predicting exactly what he was going to throw, where was he was going to throw it. And there was just contact consistent part of good pitching. Ridiculous just do it. contact being made. And <laughs> so again, the fact that the first inning felt like a whole two and a half hour game that oh it just was ridiculous. Felt like forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the good, first, good job to you guys. 
Yes, the first six Red Sox guys safely reached base. And then as it felt like Giolito maybe was going to salvage himself a little bit, Bobby Dahlbeck fouls off eight pitches. And after 14, he was walked. Second inning, J.D. Martinez hits a bomb, and it's it's over for Giolito at that point. He doesn't see anybody else. Yeah, The White Sox score Nick Madrigal off an Adam Eaton double, which was – very beautiful to watch. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But bottom three rolls around Alex Verdugo. Bomb. Right right center. And the fan that actually caught the ball. I don't know if you saw this. The fan that actually caught the ball. It was sick. He had a sign that said Verdugo Red Sox. Yes. I was like, oh, that's sick. So that's some foreshadowing. That happened. So it was Honestly, really- Verdugo MVP of the game. Dude. Yeah, and a personality MVP. What a beast. Yeah. I just love him. My dad, that's my dad's favorite player. I got him a Verdugo jersey last year, and I was like, oh, just wait. Just wait till Fenway fills up for that kid. He's just going to get so psyched. Yeah. I mean, so it was, like I said, it was a really cool moment, and you saw there was a clip in between innings where they're kind of looking at each other, and he Verdugo's hollering at him. But we knew it was a hit parade for the first four innings for the Red Sox. Vasquez, Devers, Martinez, Verdugo, Hernandez all had at least two hit days. But, Sass, <laughs> here's where it starts to get a little weird. And I know you and I were talking about this, and it pisses us both off. Even, even in an objective situation, which I'm glad you took the ob- objective pr- approach on a lot of this. Yeah. Um, it could as well have been two other teams. But, anyways, the Red Sox score in the bottom of the fourth – and don't score in the bottom of the fifth or the sixth. And y'all get a run mixed in there, okay? Mm-hmm. Bruh. Ruiz only gave up one hit and had four Ks in his two innings. One hit, four Ks in his two innings of work. Mm-hmm. That Red Sox, they, they didn't score. They didn't score. Yeah. They pull him and put a friggin' DH Mercedes, which is, is, is a beast. Arguably the best hitter. Uh, on the whole squad one of the best in in the al right now period Mm -hmm. uh to pitch the seventh (laughs) which is kind of funny in itself but mind you again the red Sox had not scored since the fourth Mm -hmm. so he gives up one whatever then dan mendick comes in to throw the h which was killing the red Sox time because he's throwing like 65 66 he got a k Against Marwin Gonzalez, who had a you know great day, anyways. Um, long story short, Red Sox win at 11 4, but bro, 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 bro. <laughs> if I am a White Sox fan like you, mm-hmm. or even a person that pays attention to baseball, you have got to be pissed off at LaRusso and company. Like, you, even you said it to me, it's embarrassing. I mean, as a manager, I've said it two or three times already. The Red Sox hadn't scored <laughs> two innings. But as a manager, you send a terrible, this is like capital letters. You send a terrible message to your team without words, without words at all. You literally told them, I don't trust you guys to make any sort of comeback. So we quit. We're going to throw whoever in there to pitch a couple innings. Are you kidding me? Dude, that is so gross. Like, I'm embarrassed for you all, too. Like, I'm I'm actually embarrassed because plenty of teams out there would not be caught dead doing something that ignorant. This isn't a 12-0 game. Yeah. This isn't a complete blowout. 
At this point, it was 10 to three and then 10 to four. Okay, you're telling me you have zero confidence in your team of professional athletes that are absolutely having a beautiful start to the season that just won two the day before, have some of the hottest bats in the American League to make a comeback. Get the hell out of here with your bull, LaRusa. Like, it is absolutely unacceptable. I'm sorry, White Sox. I'm sorry, you guys. You didn't deserve anyone pulling that soft-ass move on you. You know, it is what it is. Yes. My Um, heart is pounding out of my chest. I'm so pissed for you because that is just so embarrassing. Like, you were right when you texted me, like, this is embarrassing because it is embarrassing. It is. and You're playing the Red Sox. You're not playing somebody else, okay? You're playing the Red Sox. LaRusa, you look so dumb right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. He looks yeah. dumb. No, he does. He absolutely does. You had and the I am proud of myself right now for um, letting you go on that rant and giving you your time to do to. that because like you just said, you aren't even a, a White Sox, like, you know, till you die fan. And right. so that doesn't necessarily kill you the way it kills us because here's oh. the deal. We have to understand this happened last season as well. This happened when the White Sox played the Cubs. They did the exact same thing. That's dumb. They gave up and they put in literally a guy on the field to pitch. And so here's the deal is when you resort to that, and, and I'm going slow with my words as to choose She's correct her head vocabulary. Like, oh, how do I put my words together? It's frustrating to a lot of people because mm-hmm. you, I get it. You don't want to use up the bullpen. Right. They didn't necessarily want to put Kopik back in, Hendricks back in, Lance Lynn's right. on the 10-day IL, by the way, mm-hmm. um, for trap muscle issues. So I get it. We went through mm-hmm. the run of the mill for the, for the bullpen. Um, however, when you put in Yerman Mercedes, the DH who's been hitting bombs. Yep. I, I don't necessarily understand. I think that logic, um, put him at risk for injury in other ways. Correct. You're putting him in front of a baseball, even if he lobs it like 70 miles an hour, right? She like, and the, and the kid like cooking ass at like 88. I'm but like, I'm saying, what? even if he lobs it like Danny Mendick did, yeah, 70 miles an hour, and the guys are able to crush and make contact mm-hmm. like that, right? That could be a line drive right back at him. I don't exactly. like, I don't like the idea of putting non seasoned pitchers in the major league level, yeah, at a position they've never played before. They aren't, right. they aren't accustomed to, they aren't going to have the same reaction time, speed, all of the above with that. Right. I just don't agree with it. Um, and that's a personal feeling. So the fact that Yerman Mercedes got put in and then Danny Mendick got put in, I can't tell you, I was on a, I was on a call for work, a conference call. And I remember having you blow up my phone too, but yeah. I'm sitting there and I look down because I, again, am a bad employee in the corporate world and have my phone next <laughs> to me and I get the MLB updates sent there. Right. And I see Yerman Mercedes first MLB pitching appearance, 0.00 ERA. I go, what? okay, this is a mistake. Yeah. And then Danny Mendick first MLB pitching appearance, first strikeout, 0.00 ERA. What? I'm sorry. What? What is Wait. happening right now? What is happening? So of course I get off that call and I'm catching up on all the highlights and turning the game on right away. And it just frustrating, embarrassing, awful, 
all of the things come to mind and it was not an experience I liked at all. And again, this is coming off of the previous day where they had swept the Sox in the, in the double header there after losing the very first game. Like it's, it's hard to fall that far. Yeah. I think in less than 24 hours. So I don't know if the guys were just exhausted, you know, four games in, in three days. I get it. Whatever. <laughs> oh, um, hell yeah. They've been doing a lot of the dollars. They are. <laughs> they are. They're still athletes. They're still human. Right. But at the same time, like their schedule also has been completely awful. They've traveled mm-hmm. to each end of the freaking US and they're still yeah. going to be traveling. They were just in Seattle. Now they're in Boston. They were back home for a little bit. Now they're going to go down to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, then to, or no, Texas is going to come up here. Um, and they're, they're just moving around still. So I know they're playing Cleveland right playing now. Playing in the snow right now. <laughs> like it's you yeah, know. exactly. So I get it. You're a professional athlete. You do get paid all of those big bucks to, to play in but whatever situation, is, it's but it's definitely gotta be tough on you. And I understand that. Yeah. And I'm not making excuses for that whatsoever. Cause I was pissed as hell too. It's not the players. That's the, that's the kicker in the whole thing. Well, right. No, LaRusso I, I lost this game for them in the sense that he set them up to be completely screwed you literally said like I said without words you told them I don't believe that you can do this and it wasn't it wasn't over and even both of you know the the commentators on both sides because I was able to watch two different broadcasting um situations they both were like this isn't over you know this this is there's comebacks I mean obviously we scored six runs in one inning like come on and my thing I'm, is that like it's for you guys, <laughs> the pitching coach cats, like he, I don't know how much time he's actually spent with a decent amount of these pitchers either, because Michael Kobeck in the post-game interview was literally like, no offense to him, but I haven't worked with him that much. I haven't done anything yeah. with him really. Um, it's just about me going out there, whether I'm starting or leaving or coming in at any point in the game, all my, all I'm doing is focusing on doing yeah. my job and just pitching. So Some I don't top know down management issues. Right. So it's, it's definitely not, um, a pitching coach issue. It's not anywhere else other than obviously the Russo's call. So, right. I mean, we're going to hopefully sweep this one under the rug and, (laughs) um, keep moving forward and we'll see what happens tonight. We'll see what happens later this week. I really have, you know, not been a fan of him from the start, but at this point, like this far down in the season, I, I'm I'm okay with what he's done so far, except for Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> except for Sundays. So. I don't know. Yeesh. We'll see. I, in my opinion, right now, I think because I am so heated, uh, that's not somebody that you should have brought back to your organization after you fired him like decades ago. But I, it is what it is. We'll see how it pans out. These guys, like you said, the White Sox are a fantastic team. They they deserve to be ranked. Um, I think we had probably one of the most exciting matchups of the year. Besides, obviously, the the Dodgers-Padres. But sorry to say, Sass, though, no offense, but I think in this series, the pitching, the hitting, the decision-making, the momentum, the Red Sox are the better team out of this series. Um, they, they win it in my eyes. But we'll see again in September how that goes. I think that'll be huge to see. I love having an early season uh, matchup and then comparing it to the second half because a lot of teams are second half. Team, yeah, so you love to see the progression, yeah, you know, how they grow, and plus yes. it's a full season this year, so we'll see how that happens. I know we'll it's going to be totally September. different. <laughs> we're going to have to, guys. We're going to have to have a date set. Sass and I are going to go on a date to that game, hopefully in September. <laughs> yeah, please love that. <laughs> but All a right. lot of MVPs basically coming out of that series. A lot of guys that are strong. 
like we both said, we're excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Again, just so much talent coming out of both ends. Like I said, I was excited Mm -hmm. to have the White Sox even be contenders. And we've got some other contenders across different leagues going on in sports right Right. now. Our MVP of the week. I'm about to announce this little hot shot. MVP of the week. It's Mr. Steph Curry. Jeez. All right. Yes. So what can he not do? <laughs> Steph Curry with the shot, boy. Okay. This man's, he is HOT and the NBA yep. hasn't seen anything ever like his performance so far this season. He mm-hmm. is coming out of the gate swinging. Right. Obviously, wrong reference for the wrong sport, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, it works, though. <laughs> Monday, last Monday night, um, Golden State Warriors, they played against Philly and Steph Curry scored 49 points out of the 107 total scored for the game, making this his eighth 40 point game this season. And it's the fourth time in the last five games that that's happened, actually. Um, Obviously, whatever else happens this week, it's irrelevant yet because, again, recording on Tuesday comes out Thursday. But um, SportsCenter actually referenced the fact that he's also, get this, has six games with 10 or more threes this, this season. So I'll say that again, six games with 10 or more threes this season, while no other player has ever had more than five games with 10 or more threes in their career, career. Wow. He's hot right now. He's ridiculous. He, he can't be stopped. And so I don't know who did it, but somebody obviously beat the crap out of this kid with the talent stick hard coming out of the womb. And he's just been phenomenal ever since. So I don't think he's peaked yet. I don't think he's slowing down. He's just full force. Keep, keep on keeping on. Shout out to Steph Curry, man. MVP of the week. Yeah. Oh, speaking of basketball, I just saw that LaMelo's going to be back seven to 10 days. Oh boy. Yes. That's good. That's good. Yeah. We, we know you, you love the boy. I love my little LaMelo, that little sugar. Yeah. He's always fun to watch too. And I do, I have to give a quick shout out because this was very exciting for my nephew Braxton to hear his auntie Aber doing a podcast because he listens. He's six years old and he listens to the podcast. So shout out to my bud Brax, little Mish, talking about the Red Sox, talking about he likes the Pirates because Avery knows somebody on the Pirates and he likes the Rangers because of Texas and my brother so cute i was so excited i was like dying when someone told me that this week i was like oh i just love him he just wants to watch baseball with me i'm like i have developed him properly he is ready to go that's the sweetest (laughs) thing i've ever heard so braxton hi shout out to you um thank you so much for listening to your auntie avery (laughs) j and me and maybe we'll get a little voice message from you yes. soon. Yes. If anybody wants to leave us a voice message, you can leave us leave it to us on our anchor.fm site. It is free. You don't need an account. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. The Couple of Catches Twitter at Couple of Catches, where I've been popping off a little bit here. <laughs> and then both of our Instagram accounts at Avery J. Nichols and at Caitlin underscore Sass. Woo! I feel like very winded and this we didn't tell each other back and forth back and forth it's just a a lot of us talking I know it was man yeah I have a headache now actually (laughs) okay well go take some Advil Aleve whatever your preferred brand is this whole time yeah exactly (laughs) 
it's also dinner time so we're about to go smash some food I would assume yes and then you can continue watching the White Sox game which is on and then the Red Sox start in 10 minutes for me here so I've already got it on my TV (laughs) it's okay it's not like Tom Anderson didn't just hit a solo home run in the third oh did he fine we just love all of Of these okay that just brings everything full circle sass it's it it sounds to me like you need to go you need to watch that I do so I'm gonna get out of here but thanks so much for catching up with us on the couple of yes. podcast this week guys thank you for listening to episode 11 we will see you next week for episode 12 then the week after that for 13 so on so on sounds good all right we'll see you all righty guys we'll catch you later thank you again bye